The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. Start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's the Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you, December 19th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Pat with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in and kind of a rainy morning. You are inspiring me, Brenda. Why is that? You are inspiring me playing injured this morning. <laughs> Brenda burned her finger last night. Uh, it, 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 it looks bad. Uh, Yeah, you know, I, I have a look at it now. It has just a little bit of a blister on it. So it's one of those things that I, I made worse because of my slow reaction. <laughs> but it was for a good cause. So, And, and we were laughing, too, because I burned my finger because I was holding a pot that had pasta in it. And you go, why is it always pasta, the it thing? It always is pasta. <laughs> Me too. I don't know what it, it... It just must be the way the heat comes up onto the side and, and gets the handles. It was the handle yeah, that yeah. got me. And and I had already taken it off the burner. I had drained the water. And I was just kind of... You know how you you know drain it, put it back, carry the pot back over to the stove. Well, as I, I grabbed it, I, I figured it must be cool enough now. And literally at the same time in my brain, two thoughts went in there. The first one was, your finger is burning. And nearly as fast as I thought that, I thought, don't drop dinner on the floor. That's smart. Right? That's yeah, what I'm like, don't, because yeah. that's going to ruin dinner. So I, but then I felt like my reaction to what I was thinking was a little bit slower. So I ended up holding this pot a little bit longer. So yeah, it blistered. And, you know, on your hands, your fingers are so sensitive. Right? Well, you, you're just an inspiration. So the there way, it the goes. way you play. Hurt. I was I was having a hard time typing this morning because of the bandage <laughs> on it. So I just had to take it off because I didn't want to push any wrong buttons this morning uh, for the morning show. So See, that there's an advantage to only using one finger. Just one finger. That's right. I should just type with one finger too. So the, anyway, the Pat Ryan method. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get too far into today's show, I have got to pause and wish birthday blessings. On my dad, oh. Tom in San Diego. They're probably listening this morning. It is his birthday. He's a Christmas season baby. Happy and so birthday, Mr. Blaze. He's probably, my mom is probably already have an excellent meal planned for him. I know my brothers and my nephew and nieces will probably be joining him today to celebrate his birthday. So uh, I think it was a year ago that we were there for his birthday Um he had a big birthday last I year. I think too. I remember you you being there. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, so, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. So anyway, so we're moving through uh the week. It's Tuesday. So less than a week less now. Than a until week, dude. Another big birthday. Another big that's right. <laughs> and uh yeah, we have to remember that is a birthday. My sister in law used to make a birthday cake on Christmas. Oh, I love that. When the kids were little yeah. and we'd celebrate Jesus' birthday. The kids loved it. They'd sing happy birthday to Jesus. That is fantastic. So let's see here. So we had the big discussion last night as to what mass we were going to for the for the Christmas celebration. And as I thought for sure, my son was not clear about the fact that we have the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is an oblig a Sunday obligation. And then the next day is Monday, which we have the obligation for 
Christmas. And they are separate liturgical celebrations. Correct. And so we had the big discussion as to who's going where. Now, Scott's got Christmas Eve to serve. He's got Fourth Sunday of Advent to serve. And so it is official. We are going to Mass on Christmas Day. That's what we decided. My son was like, okay. And I said, you're on vacation. It's like, get up and go to Mass one day. You're on vacation the rest of the week. I I, I think it's a joyful celebration. I, I mean... I, I, I don't the oblig the word obligation to me just is not appropriate. Right. It's an opportunity no. to celebrate back to back for the incarnation of our Lord. It, it, yeah, well, I, I mean it's joyful. Oh, uh, uh, absolutely! It was just the picking of which one. He actually wanted to go to midnight mass. Oh, okay. He okay. said, "Let's go to midnight mass," and <laughs> us ladies are like, "Oh." I'd- I, I don't think I could stay up that It crossed my late. mind briefly, and then I remembered that I get up at four in the morning. So. Yeah, that's right. So it's just so we just kind of had to, to figure out. I I love going on Christmas morning. I do, and we've done mm-hmm. that for many years. It just it creates a very long celebration of the day because you get to go. We get up. Uh, the kids usually we have a cup of coffee. Look at what Santa put in stockings, and then we get dressed and we go to church. And then we come home, we have brunch. I mean, it just really stretches out the whole day. And uh, I like it. And we all look good for pictures that I take when we get home. Beautiful. So Beautiful. Anyway. Well, we've got a lot to get to in today's show. Patrick, what's coming up? We do. But I, I tell you what, I'm a little bit uh, tired this morning because I watched those Seahawks last night. What a you game. Did. Oh, my goodness. What a game. And it we're was smiling. fantastic. We are smiling this morning. I like it. Yeah. The Hawks uh, pulled it out. And we'll, we'll talk about that among other things new saints coming oh yeah i like that we always need more and more saints i think and of course we've got the latest uh coming out of the vatican and uh, archbishop samples response to that that's right i'm gonna have that i mean everything was a buzz and it just seemed like you couldn't get a clear answer or direct statement as to what happened yesterday with this blessing of irregular couples is the term that they're using so our archbishop clarified some things for us. Fantastic. We always want to try to provide clarity and direction, and we'll certainly try to do that this morning. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Monday morning. Here's Matt Marr to start us with beautiful Advent music, The Spirit and the Bride. And you are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. thirsty in need of the river for all the sleeping hearts waking from their slumber for everyone still standing at the shoreline come for all the hurting souls running from their healer for all the skeptics running from an answer let
souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary in this Advent season. That is Matt Marr, the Spirit and the Bride. 710, it's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat on this wet and rainy Tuesday morning. And just ahead, well, it's the Spirit of Giving. This is the season for it. And we'll be talking with Scott Kerman of the Blanche House. So tell us how we can help our houseless neighbors as well as checking that wet and rainy forecast. It's going to turn around for the better, though. I tell you what, stick around. You'll want to hear all about that next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. 
Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatraDayRadio.com. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. As we inch closer into the new year, Matraday Radio's eye-catching 2024 Marian calendars are popping up in a variety of places. They're a great source of spiritual motivation to display in your home, office, shop, or anywhere you could use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. And it's easy to get yours or pick up another one. Just check out our Advent Resources page at MatradayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app for your own 2024 Marian calendar featuring magnificent artwork, encouraging messages of hope, and a full list of the Blessed Virgin Mary's upcoming feast days throughout the new year. Let your friends at Mater Day Radio show our appreciation for your legacy of prayerful support. Your generosity has been a tremendous blessing to us over the past 34 years. Visit our Advent Resources page now to get your own 2024 Marian calendar. Just another way we're leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Day Radio. 714 at Mater Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. Well, this rain should taper off through the afternoon, then some fog tonight, high about 49. Chance of rain, 90%. But again, we'll get some drier weather this afternoon. And then tonight's low, 41. Tomorrow, though, sunny, high, 50. Wow. So it's going to turn on a dime. Okay, I'll be ready for that. Currently, it is still a cool 43 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 44 at St. Irene Byzantine Catholic Church in North Portland. As we have just a few short days left of this Advent season, we enter into the celebration of Christmas. For many, especially those who live on the margins of our city, well, it's not a time of celebration as the need to find shelter and food can be difficult. One place they continue to turn who always is available to help. It is the volunteers at the Blanche House in Portland. Joining us today to talk a little bit about the need, especially during this time of year, is our good friend Scott Kerman, the executive director at Blanche House. Good morning, Scott. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing well. And the question is, how are all of you doing? I know that we just said during these cooler months and it's wet and rainy that that those that you serve really have a difficult time this year. What's going on at the Blanche House right now? 
Well, right now we're we're ending what has been a a really busy and um, in many ways challenging year, um, especially for the people that we're serving. Um, it may be hard to believe, but we have already served over three hundred thousand free, freshly prepared hot meals in our cafe this year. Um, if you combine um, the meals that we've prepared for other agencies to help serve their communities and the meals that we serve our own residents and our transitional uh, housing program, that's over 350,000 meals. That's probably, it's about 60,000 more meals than we served all of last year. Wow, and we, there, we still have a couple more weeks uh, of the year. Scott, you're serving more meals. Is there any indication as to what you can see or talking to those who you come across is the reason why there's the need is increasing when we feel like we're doing so much work to try to de- decrease what is happening? Yeah, Brenda, that's a really good question. And I think everybody in Portland is is very aware of our unhoused population, people who are living unsheltered on the streets. And we certainly are serving a great many of those people. But Blanche House also serves meals to people who are housed. Um, they may be living in low-income housing, shelters in the, in the community, um, SROs in, in the Old Town District. But they do experience dire poverty. And it's hard for them to make ends meet, especially in terms of their food budget. So they look to Blanchet House uh, not only for meals, but also a place of community where they can enjoy their meals and, and try to combat the, the tragedy of loneliness that, that many people who experience poverty, uh, whether they're sheltered or not, experience. And, and what's really hit these folks this year hard is the reduction in SNAP benefits and, of course, inflation. And it's hitting everybody hard, but it's especially hitting um, the people who we serve. If you are just tuning in, Scott Kerman, the executive director of the Blanche House, is joining us today to talk about the needs and the services that they are able to provide there at Blanche House. Scott, you talked about inflation and how has that affected your ability to serve meals? You are serving, obviously, more meals now, plus they're more expensive. So how, kind of how are you able to continue to serve this population? Well, I mean, but it, it is more expensive for us, and we have certainly seen an increase. Um, you know, 60,000 more meals don't serve themselves, and so we've had to increase our staff and also increase our resources. It also puts more stress on our kitchen and facility, which, you know, redounds to us in terms of the need for repairs and maintenance and sometimes um, replacing equipment. Uh, we benefited in 2021 and 2022 from a lot of federal COVID relief um, opportunities with regards to food, um, especially in terms of a lot of free milk and other dairy product. Well, those programs don't exist anymore. And so we're purchasing um, a lot of our own milk now. We're purchasing a lot of eggs, even though we get a lot of eggs from Blanche Farm there's still a lot of eggs to serve. Um, we're purchasing our oatmeal for our breakfast every morning. And so we've certainly seen an increase in our food costs, just the amount of food that we have to purchase compared to previous years, but also the cost um, of those items. Fortunately, we have a robust community who supports us, um, both in terms of financial donations, um, in-kind food donations, and also volunteer support. And so You know, we're able to keep pace, but we're certainly aware of these challenges as we turn the corner into 2024. 
Scott, for those who are listening, so many want to give, especially during this time of year. Are there unique ways that our Catholic community can be there and support Blanche House and your various needs? Yeah, thank you for asking that. And certainly, um, I welcome people to go to our website at blanchehouse.org, and you can find different ways to contribute and volunteer, including contributing money, which, you know, we don't receive um, any public funding at this time, and so we really depend on the general public and foundations to, to keep us afloat and allow us to continue to thrive. We're also a part of the Willamette Week Give Guide campaign that's going on right now in our community, and if people go to, to our website, they can find ways to support our Give Guide campaign. Um, we also have a capital campaign going on right now for our Blanche Farm Project. We're building a new dormitory and program space, and we're looking to raise about $9 million, and we're almost um, $2 million shy of that goal right now. Okay, well, I would encourage our listeners to go to blanchehouse.org. You can read more information about their projects. And then lastly, Scott, before we go, here at Mater Dei Radio, we recognize without our great team of volunteers, boy, our job would be so much more difficult. There at Blanche House, you have an incredible team of volunteers. Just maybe at this time, you just share your appreciation for all they do. Oh my gosh, our volunteers are nothing short of heroes. Um, the work we do is very direct. We engage um, person to person with the people that we serve. We're serving many people with serious mental illness and substance use disorder, and so it can definitely be challenging and traumatic, but our volunteers show up day after day. Um, they arrive as early as 6 a.m. and stay as late as 6 p.m. Uh, many people volunteer multiple times each and every week, and we couldn't exist without them, without their spirit, and without their compassion. Oh, well, a big thank you and many Christmas blessings to those volunteers that help out. Scott, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for all that you do there at Blanche House. We wish you a very happy rest of your Advent and Christmas blessings to you and all those you serve. And the same to you and the entire Modern Day community. We're really thankful for your support. Now, God bless you. 722 at Mater Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. And as the weather clears, it might be a good night to head out to the grotto, the Christmas Festival of Lights, really kicking into high gear. I talked to Chris Blanchard yesterday. They had almost 15,000 people at wow. the grotto over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Nice. So it's really going strong. Tonight, you've got the Madeline Children's Choir, the Intel Singers, the Dayton Renaissance Choir. I know you like that Renaissance music. You're <laughs> Oh, I'll get my You're costume. You're a Ren girl, oh, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Going to be a big time at the Grotto. And you can find out all about all the choirs, all the activities, all the food, all the details are available for you on the Hail Mary Media app at MaterDayRadio.com. Head on out to the Christmas Festival of Lights at the Grotto with Day Radio. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Judgment Day lies ahead for all of us. Judgment Day lies ahead. 
As we age, we often reflect back on our lives. It's not unusual to feel a sense of remorse towards one's life's experiences. In many ways, perhaps God will be more merciful to us in the afterlife than we are to ourselves now. In our daily struggles, we are often facing the same matters over and over again. Perhaps emotional triggers where people or situations set us off, and then our impatience and pride take over. As we carry our cross, we may feel we are falling again and again. Be strong in faith, but more importantly, we must refrain from throwing stones at ourselves. Instead, as we look inward, show mercy, be gentle, loving, caring, forgiving, and compassionate even to ourselves. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Jasani. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 725 at Mater Day Radio on this Advent Tuesday, getting ready for Christmas. And just ahead, it's a showdown on the Texas border. We'll tell you more about that next. And priests are instructed as far as the blessings that they can share with irregular couples. Archbishop Sample has a statement about what was issued from the Vatican yesterday. I'll have that story for you as well. Here is John Finch, Walk by Faith. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. There are days that I still long for purpose To see the plans that you have willed for me Though sometimes I am walking through the valley I'm certain you are always right beside me
bridge between your faith and everyday life. That's John Finch and Walk by Faith. It's 7.30. The Dicastery for the Doctrine of Faith issued a declaration on Monday titled Fiducia Supplicants, which opened the door for priests to pastorally bless same-sex couples. However, the declaration also makes clear that such blessings cannot be performed in a way to resemble marriage and convey a distinction between a pastoral blessing and a sacramental blessing. Fuditia Supplicant states that the church cannot permit a liturgical blessing for same-sex couples because it would offer a form of a moral legitimacy to a union that presumes to be a marriage or to an extramarital sexual practice. Archbishop Sample in Portland issued a statement regarding the declaration saying, with today's statement in the news about the blessing of same-sex unions, many news outlets are reporting in error that it constitutes a major doctrinal shift in the church. That is not the case. The statement goes on to read, within the Archdiocese of Portland, there is to be no change at all in any practices with regard to blessing for persons who struggle with same-sex attraction until I have had time to study and pray about this news. 
Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Monday signed legislation that makes it a criminal offense to enter the state illegally, setting up a potential clash with President Joe Biden's administration over immigration policy and border enforcement. In recent years, local authorities in Texas have been arresting migrants on state misdemeanor charges of criminal trespassing under Abbott's border enforcement program, known as Operation Lone Star. The law signed Monday makes it a misdemeanor to enter or attempt to enter Texas from a foreign country at any location other than a lawful port of entry. It's scheduled to go into effect in March. It may have been a calm start to the week in Portland, but it's a different scene just as you head east into the Columbia River Gorge. At Crown Point, they saw hurricane force winds gust over the weekend, and earlier Monday, they were peaking around 70 miles an hour. People were trying everything they could to stand on their feet. They huddled close to the ground, and some tried as best they could to find some cover. At times, the winds were manageable, but for a good part of the day, winds were clocking in at freeway speeds or higher. Even people who had been through hurricanes before were shocked about how strong the winds were blowing. 83 miles an hour. Was that the highest gust? Yeah. That's incredible. I was on a a boat, a little three-hour tour, when I was on vacation (laughs) a couple of years ago, and we actually ended up having to go through a pretty severe storm. We were in Florida, and the person who was our tour guide, who was a former weather person for a local station there in Florida, and I asked him that. I'm like, is this what a hurricane feels like? And he looked at me, and he said, hold on, and he, he talked to the whole boat, and he said, what we are experiencing is 40 mile an hour winds. He goes, the lowest level of a hurricane is double that. Wow. Wow. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. I have no idea what that must have been like, even up there in the gorge. So I've been to the Vista House and and been able to kind of stand parallel with the wind blowing so hard. And I've been up there a couple of times, no wind, which is a little bit eerie to be (laughs) up on top of the Vista House and there's no wind at all. No breath of wind at all. But what a view. What a view. Pope Francis has advanced eight sainthood causes, including the cause of St. Gianna Beretta Mola's brother, Capuchin Father Alberto Beretta, who died died three years before St. John Paul II canonized his sister, St. Gianna. Father Beretta, who died in 2001, was a physician like St. Gianna and their only surviving sibling, Sister Virginia Beretta. He was a missionary in Brazil for 20 years until partial paralysis from a stroke led the Capuchins to bring him back to Italy. Pope Francis signed a decree recognizing that Father Beretta lived the Christian virtues in a heroic way. A miracle attributed to his intercession would be needed next for his beatification. The program tasked with replacing the century-old Interstate 5 bridge that connects Portland and southwest Washington and serves as a vital transportation and commerce link said to receive $600 million in federal funds. The bridge crosses the Columbia River and is key component of I-5, which spans the entirety of the West Coast. Traffic congestion is frequent, with more than 130,000 vehicles driving across it every single day, according to regional transportation agencies. Now, Interstate Bridge Replacement Program will receive the money as part of the Federal Department of Transportation grant initiative. Here's the catch, though. That $600 million only going to cover... 
between 8 to 12 percent of the total estimated bridge replacement costs, which could reach as much as $7.5 billion. And if you're headed over the bridge to the airport, you might run into a picket line. Over 200 Alaska Airlines flight attendants will be picketing outside of Portland International Airport this morning. It's not expected to delay or impact passenger travel, the Port of Portland said. The protesters will be on the upper roadway outside the departure zone and within a sectioned area within the ticket lobby. The flight attendants, represented by the Association of Flight Attendants, CW have held pickets at airports throughout the year in their fight for a new union contract for better pay. They're expected to be protesting nationwide outside seven airports, including Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, Anchorage, and Washington, D.C. In sports, what a game. Drew Locke and the Seahawks delivered a stunner against the Eagles at Lumen Field last night. Declared the starter just moments before the game, Locke led a game-winning drive of a lifetime in a driving rain to upset the Eagles 20-17. He took the team 92 yards in 10 plays and capped it off with a beautiful 29-yard touchdown to Jackson Smith Jujiba. And DK Metcalf along the way had some incredible catches. The Seahawks now raise their record to 7-7. Seven and seven. They're just one of five teams with that record, and only two wild-card spots remain for the NFC. I think the Cowboys are going to lock up the other one, so really okay. only one of those teams are going to get in. And the Seahawks are still in the mix. We're in the hunt for sure. Yeah, they ended that four-game losing streak in not a moment too soon. <laughs> On November 15th of this year, Adriano Mueller, 63 years old, was ordained a permanent deacon during a mass held at the Diocese Cathedral in Brazil. Now, while that's not necessarily, you know, out of the ordinary news, what is interesting is the new deacon is the son of a priest. Adriano is the son of Father Paulo Mueller, who's 87 years old and became a priest years after his wife died in 1988. The couple had four children and his wife's death had a powerful impact on the family. Years later, Paulo gave his children another piece of news. He was going to become a priest in the Catholic Church. The priest said, for me, it was the greatest thing to have a father who was a priest. That's unusual, said the new deacon. Now it's his son's turn to follow in his father's footsteps and make his heart overflow with joy and pride. He said, I'm very happy about this event, about my son following the path of the Lord. May he remain firm in his purpose and achieve what his heart is directing in the name of the Lord, said Father Paulo. Now, Adriano's ordination scheduled for 2024, but it was brought forward because of his father's health problems. There's a beautiful picture of father, father, and son on Alatea. And boy, they are most definitely beaming with joy. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Thursday at 5.30 is a concert at St. Paul's in Eugene at Jaqua Concert Hall. All are invited for an evening of music and celebration to raise funds for the Jim Ranking Family Performing Arts Program at St. Paul's Catholic Church. The encore concert will feature St. Paul's School alumni performances and the band Rifle. 
The event begins with a social hour at 5.30 and music starts at 7 o'clock. Tickets are $25 in advance or $30 at the door. And remember, you can find many more details on this event, plus so much more going on in our area by going to the community calendar. You'll find it under the Get Involved menu at matradayradio.com. You'll also access that on the Hail Mary media app. And the weather taking a turn for the better as we get closer to Christmas Day. I think you're going to like that forecast tomorrow, but we got to get through the rain first. And did you see the movie Father Stew? Sure did. We've got an inside look at the life of Father Stew next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, in praying the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. To learn more about discerning your vocation, please visit archdpdxvocations.org. That's archdpdxvocations.org. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. 742 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Well, we've got rain this morning, but that's going to dry out by this afternoon. Fog will roll in tonight, high of 49, chance of rain at 90%, but again, we'll be drying out through the day. And tonight's low, 41. Tomorrow, sunny, high 50. Should be gorgeous. Currently, it is 43 degrees at St. Matthew's Catholic Church in Hillsborough. And 46 at St. Paul Catholic Church and School in Eugene. Could a book about Father Stuart Long be better than the movie? Well, you can decide after reading a new book by Father Bartolison titled... 
That was Father Stew, a memoir of my priestly brother and friend. Father Bart was close friends with the boxer-turned-priest. Now many of us saw and appreciated the portrayal of Father Stu by actor Mark Wahlberg in last year's movie. But Father Bart, he provides a unique behind-the-scenes account of Father Stu's incredible life. This book is now available from Ignatius Press. And Father Bart is joining me this morning to tell us more about his friend. Good morning, Father Bart. Thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend today. Good morning. Good to be with you. Father, as we were preparing for our interview, I shared with you how much we in the area had been following this story and the movie as it was being made because Father Stu went to seminary just down the road at beautiful Mount Angel. Now, when did you meet Father Stu? So I met Father Stu when we were both in third theology, which is you know four years of, of a graduate seminary. So we would be the third year. And he was at Mount Angel, of course, and I was in the midst of transferring from the Diocese of Dallas as a seminary, and I had family that had moved to Montana and had discerned to, to come to Montana to be a priest here. And so I was in that process, and as I was doing that, I was like, I want to meet a seminarian for Helena. You know, I, I knew a lot from Dallas, but I wanted to meet one from Helena, and I had a mutual friend who was studying at Mount Angel and uh, asked if he knew anybody. He said, well, here's uh, Stu Long's email. So I emailed Stu. We started a correspondence uh, via email, and we didn't meet face-to-face until the summer of 2006. Father Bart, both the movie and your book show Father Stu was a bit of a bad boy in his early life. Breaking the rules seemed to come naturally to him. I can appreciate that. I think I have a child like that in my own house. Stu would always say, I'm not breaking the rules. I'm making the rules. Oh, (laughs) Okay, I better not let that one in my house hear that line at all. Now, you know, but sometimes, again, just people like that, and we all know them, parents can point them out even in their own household. Sometimes those things are just naturally a part of a person's upbringing. Did some of those qualities, kind of some of those, I like to break the rule qualities, endure after he was ordained? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And they probably got enhanced after he was ordained. So. I know Bishop Thomas uh, used to joke that, you know, I, I, I believe ordaining Stu was absolutely the right decision to make despite his illness. But boy, did he give me an earful as soon as he was Father Stu. So. Ah, uh, that's funny. Well, there is hope then. Uh, holiness can be found in every person, even those, you know, honorary little ones that you might be caring for. Joining me today is Father Bart Tolleson. If you are just tuning in, Father Bart is an author of a new book about his friend, Father Stu Long. The title of the book is That Was Father Stu, a memoir of my priestly brother and friend. Well, we talked about some of those little honorary behaviors that he had, and even throughout his own suffering, he still wanted to look after the needs of others so much so. Yeah, he broke out of his nursing home to care for others. You share a little bit about that story in your book. Tell us about it. Well, once he discovered that he could get his wheelchair to the hospital uh, and not have to get in a, a van to go over there, he just started doing that all the time. And he really wasn't supposed to be coming and going where he lived, but he didn't care. And it was like, I got to go to the hospital. So he just went. And, you know, if it was bad weather, there was once he got stuck in the snow for a considerable period of time, it was sub-zero temperatures. And, you know, he, he almost really got 
injured there. And there was some grace that some guys came along and pulled him out. And then from there, he would go sometimes to other care facilities in the area in his wheelchair. And once he even, he even drove his wheelchair down to Wendy's to go through the drive through So... <laughs> Uh, again, more of those uh, little honorary qualities that he always carried with him. Father Bart, we all suffer in this world, and Father Stu suffered so much because of his illness. Now, rather than just wallow in his own misery, as you said, maybe just stay held up in a nursing home and let other people take care of him, he chose to use his suffering for the salvation of souls. In what ways did he really just let that suffering be a pathway for other people to grow in holiness? You know, one of the sufferings Stu had, he was so independently minded, was actually having to let other people take care of him because he always wanted to do it himself. And as he, you know, lost the ability to to walk and and move his arms and eventually people had to do everything for him, feed him and put his clothes on. And that for Stu, that was almost the same amount of suffering as, you know, his kind of fading body. And God really used even that to break his pride to say, you know, I'm humble enough to ask someone to scratch my head because I can't do it. And it was pretty profound to watch that uh, transformation over the years of Stu becoming more and more humble and as a result, more and more uh, strong in his faith and in his priesthood. Father Bart, your friend, Father Stu, he died in 2014. And in those years that you knew him, and especially in the years since he's died, how's he continued to inspire you to grow in holiness? Well, he's he's taught me not not to complain when things are tough, and uh, that's been a lesson that's ongoing. Uh, And also, I think, to always have hope. Stu was always focused on in, in people's own misery, bringing them hope. And so I think, you know, getting Stu's story out there now since his death, particularly with the movie and, and now the book, is for people who are struggling or starting to lose hope or starting to lose faith, whether it be, you know, in the direction of the world or direction of the country or direction even of the church, that they would remember that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And there is always hope, even in the midst of misery and suffering and trial and tragedy. Father Bart Tolleson is joining me today. He's sharing a little bit of insider information about his good friend, Father Stu Long. The name of a new book, he recalls more of this, was That Was Father Stu, a memoir of my priestly brother and friend. Father Bart, do you think, you know, looking now that this movie has been made, do you think Father Stu would have gotten a kick out of knowing that his life was portrayed by the actor Mark Wahlberg? I think that Father Stu handpicked Mark Wahlberg <laughs> from his position to play him. It was like, this guy's a lot like me. Uh, this guy needs a good project to work on, and I'm going to put it in his purview. But almost like everything Stu ever did, it, you know, it would take time. And Stu was kind of slow moving sometimes uh, in his uh, direction, and certainly getting the movie made took a lot of time uh, from the time they announced it to the time it actually came out. Yeah, you share a little bit about that in the book. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about how that all came about. Yeah, so uh, Father Ed Benioff, a good friend of Stu's, uh, who was a a priest in Los Angeles, had Mark Wahlberg in his parish, and they were out to something. And and, uh, Ed, Father Ed, started pitching the idea about Stu's life to Mark, and Mark initially was kind of reticent. But the more he talked about Stu, the more interested Mark became, I think, 
because it, it mirrored in many ways his own life, uh, some of his own struggles and trials. And so Mark decided he would uh, buy the option on Stu's life and, you know, contacted Stu's dad and the family and began to, to do interviews and, and get notes. And they went through, I think, two or three or four different screenwriters and people trying to put it together. And they just couldn't get it right. And Mark wasn't happy with it. And finally, when uh, Mel Gibson had suggested that they use uh, Rosalind Ross and let her have a try at the script, she finally got all those pieces connected in a way that it, it really worked and reflected Stu well and stayed on focus with what Stu's life was all about. And so, uh, you know, it was, that was six years. I mean, and wow. then they announced it kind of as a surprise. In fact, I started the book before the movie was even announced because I was talking to Bill Long and he said, I don't think there's going to be a movie. There's just no movement. It's, it's, it's Mark's got all these other projects we hear that he's working on. And so we all thought, well, there won't be a movie. And I was like, I don't want to lose my memory of this guy's life. It's too phenomenal. And so I need to write some of it down and do something. And so I'd written a draft of the book and then uh, kind of put it on the shelf, so to speak, for a little bit. And then uh, all of a sudden, one day in March 2021, they're announcing we're, we're going to start the production and fathers do the movie. I called it Bill and I go, did you know this? And he goes, what? No, I didn't know that. Uh. So pretty quickly thereafter, they, they contacted us and said, hey, hey, hey we're, we're going forward. We're really excited. And so but it came as, as, as a bit of a surprise kind of out of nowhere and uh, certainly wanted to support them while they were doing this and and mark Wahlberg worked really really hard at getting the movie made and promoting it and he really put himself out there i uh, was really impressed with all of his efforts oh well it was a wonderful movie but i think boy the real life story that you've put together even better and thank you so much for just bringing to life and reminding everybody about the wonderful life of your friend father Stuart long and thank you again for your time today father bart before we go today during this advent season can i ask you to end us in a prayer and your priestly blessing certainly may almighty god bless and keep all listening in this beautiful season of advent to draw us closer to the coming of christ in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen and I like to end, but Father Stu, pray for us. Ah, pray for us indeed. Father Bard, thank you again so very much for your time today. 753 at Matra Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. You know, Brenda, we have had a number of technical challenges over the last oh, month, but yeah. the last week has been pretty, pretty much. I, I don't want to jinx it, but it's been pretty smooth. And, you know, we we incurred a lot of expense with that. It's going to be an ongoing expense. And I just want to thank a very generous listener out in North Plains who sent a gift yesterday and it said, for your new equipment. So thank you very much for that. And if you'd like to help us out with that, uh, again, the expense north of $20,000 yeah. that we're looking at, a big, big upgrade. We need your help. And if you'd like to help us out, well, you can go online to see Great ways that you can help us out, uh, shop for the cause, vehicle donations, or just make an outright gift. It's that time of year, and we would love it. We would appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. We want you to be a part of this ministry because it belongs to you. So you can check that out, matradayradio.com, and help us move Catholic Radio forward here in the Willamette Valley. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. 
Dr. Bianco Family Dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 756 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What a night in Seattle last night. Lumen Field was rocking. We'll tell you more about that amazing comeback just ahead. And it was a golden egg in the shape of golden shoes. And they're paying Portland Rescue Mission. I'll tell you about this incredible story coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey guys, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. For those of us who enjoy pretending we're an island and don't need other people, Blessed William Finoli is here to remind us that we really do need our brothers and sisters in Christ to help us along this journey of life. Born in 1065 in Italy, William is raised by an ordinary but devout Catholic family. He always had a tendency for solitude, even as a child. True to his nature, he ended up choosing to become a hermit. He succeeded in this for a while, growing in his relationship with God, but soon found himself frequently visited by a woman who kept trying to seduce him. He was struggling with this temptation so much so that he humbly realized he couldn't carry on alone and decided he needed to be in a cloister. He was accepted as a brother at a nearby monastery, Our Lady of Cazato, and there he did more than grow. He actually thrived in spiritual community with his fellow brothers. As an exemplary brother, William was renowned for his simplicity, his piety, and his deep love for Christ. Often in paintings, he is depicted holding the leg of a donkey. Yes, that's right, a donkey. Allegedly, he was traveling from the fields one day and was attacked by some robbers. To defend himself, he ripped off the leg of his donkey, using it to strike the attackers. Once he was rid of them, he miraculously healed the donkey's leg. I'm sure once we all get to heaven, we can talk this story over with Blessed William. Circling back to community, William realized he could not live a holy life without his fellow brothers. It took humility and courage to trust his well-being with his brothers, but it was totally worth it. William's soul was protected and he was given so many more opportunities to serve and learn and grow. Just like Brother William, the ideal is for us to find community by seeking out friends and mentors who can keep us focused on the true, good, and beautiful. It's vital to our faith. As with anything good for us, the enemy likes to put up a lot of stumbling blocks. 
Pride can often make us think we don't need anyone. Fear and social anxiety can hold us hostage. We can tend to push people away when we need them most. Old wounds can make us resistant to investing in relationships. Maybe we think we're too busy or people are too bothersome and needy. These are all things the enemy uses to keep us exposed, to keep us vulnerable to his attacks. In nature, predators choose the prey that's wandered off on its own. The herd is there to protect, to nourish, to defend. Being humans, we won't be perfect at this whole community thing. It's definitely not easy, which is why it's one of the first things to go to the back burner when we're feeling overwhelmed or stressed. It takes vulnerability and trust to be in community with others, two things we're not naturally inclined to. So give yourself some mercy space and patiently pray for wounds to heal, for fears to be overcome, and for the right people to enter your life. Bless William of Finoli, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. And for more information on the saints and great Advent resources, you can go to MatraDayRadio.com and download the Hail Mary Media app. It's 8 o'clock. The Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith issued a declaration on Monday titled Fiducia Supplicans, which opened the door for priests to pastorally bless same-sex couples. However, the declaration also makes clear that such blessings cannot be performed in a way to resemble marriage and convey a distinction between pastoral blessing and a sacramental blessing. Fudicia Supplicans states that the church cannot permit a liturgical blessing for same-sex couples because it would offer a form of a moral legitimacy to a union that presumes to be a marriage or to an extramarital sexual practice. Archbishop Sample in Portland issued a statement regarding the declaration saying, with today's statement in the news about the blessing of same-sex union, Many news outlets are reporting in error that it constitutes a major doctrinal shift in the church. This is not the case. And the statement goes on to read, Within the Archdiocese of Portland, there is to be no change at all in any practices with regard to blessings for persons who struggle with same-sex attraction until I have had time to study and pray about the news. On the first day of his canceled winter break, about 85% of Portland Public Schools educators showed up to work and substitutes covered for the vast majority who were absent. District spokesman Sidney Kelly said that 558 teachers were absent yesterday, or about 15% of the district's roughly 3,600 members of the Portland Association of Teachers. The district secured 481 substitutes to fill in for the, those that were missing. This week was initially scheduled as the first in a two-week winter break, but district leaders and union members agreed to hold class this week instead of recover five of the 11 instructional days lost during November's teacher strike. As of last week, some 1,067 educators had requested some form of leave this week, with absences expected to peak on Friday. Uh, my son Christian reminded me yesterday I didn't realize that Evergreen Schools District in Vancouver, they're in school for three days this week. They are recovering missed days that happened from the beginning of the school year when Evergreen School District right. in Vancouver were on strike. 
A proposed bill in New York State would result in Chick-fil-A being forced to leave a major highway system unless it opened on Sundays, a rule that would run afoul of the change decades-old policy of closing on what they call the Christian Sabbath. The bill listed on the state's legislature website last week dictates that any contracts entered into by the state by the New York State Thruway Authority for the operations of food services at public transportation facilities shall require that those services be provided every day of the week. The Thruway is a hundreds of miles long network of state highways that run from New York City to the Pennsylvania border. It has existed in New York since the mid-1950s. A memo accompanying the bill says that while there is nothing objectionable about a fast food restaurant closing on a particular day of the week, service areas dedicated to travelers is an inappropriate location for such a restaurant. The memo specifically references Chick-fil-A. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Monday signed legislation that makes it a criminal offense to enter the Lone Star State illegally, setting up a potential class with President Joe Biden's administration over immigration policy and border enforcement. In recent years, local authorities in Texas have been arresting migrants on state misdemeanor charges of criminal trespassing under Abbott's border enforcement program known as Operation Lone Star. The law signed Monday makes it a misdemeanor to enter or attempt to enter Texas from a foreign country at any location other than a lawful port of entry. It's scheduled to go into effect in March. A pair of rare Nike sneakers donated to a Portland homeless shelter, they've been sold for quite a bit of money. Now, we talked about this earlier in the week. The auction brought in $50,800, more than twice as much as Portland Rescue Mission had expected to earn from the sale. Now, an anonymous donor dropped the Nike Air Jordan 3 sneakers into the homeless shelter's donation chute back in April. And the gold shoes, well, they caught the attention of James Free when he sorted through the bin. The shoes turned out to be one of just a handful of size 12 and a half pairs of custom-made shoes for filmmaker Spike Lee for the 2019 Academy Awards, where he took home an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman. The collection was entered into Sotheby's Emergence Auction, where it was listed with an estimated value of fifteen dollars to $20,000, with 100% of the proceeds set to go back to Portland Rescue Mission. Well, the auction closed Monday and the shoes ultimately sold for more than double the top end of the listed range. Now, the designer is Tinker Hatfield. They they signed a new shoebox because the shoes didn't come with the shoebox. So they got a new shoebox from Nike with custom made Tinker signed it and then also added additional memorabilia about the shoes. And so it was sold as an entire unit. So. Don't know who got it, but Portland Rescue Mission, they are very, very happy today. They're walking on sunshine. Absolutely. Golden sunshine. In sports, Drew Locke and the Seahawks delivered a stunner last night against the Philadelphia Eagles at Lumen Field. Declared the starter just moments before the game, Locke led the game-winning drive of a lifetime in a driving rain to upset the Eagles 20-17 and rescue the Seahawks' playoff hopes. Locke took his team 92 yards in 10 plays and capped it off with a beautiful 29-yard touchdown strike. 
The Seahawks are now caught in a cluster of five, seven, and seven teams with only two wild card spots available. So they're still in the hunt. And believe it or not, Pete Carroll is 8-0 and against the Eagles. He has never lost to the uh, Eagles. So got that win last night and uh, ended that four-game losing streak. They, they needed that one. And for they got sure. it. Yeah. Hey, and, in, and the Blazers back in action, they need one. They're back for this long homestand. They've yet to notch a win. Hopefully they can get that tonight as they host the Phoenix Suns at the Motor Center. Tip-off set for seven tonight. Last week, a tornado ripped through the town of Clarksville, Tennessee, killing six people, leaving dozens injured. And in its wake, a tiny baby was left in the most unlikely of circumstances. Sandy Moore and her family were in their mobile home when the tornado struck Montgomery County. She was inside with her fiancé, their one-year-old son, and four-month-old baby boy. While the couple's eldest child was safe because she dived and protected him, the tornado swept up the bassinet where her baby was sleeping. As Moore shared the story, she said, The roof came off first and the tip of the tornado seemed to come down and pick up the bassinet with our baby. Her fiancé, in attempt to grab hold of the bassinet, was pulled into the tornado's grasp also. Thankfully, Moore, her fiancé, and their eldest child were mainly unharmed. Yet the whereabouts, their little one was unknown with the mom of two fearing the worst. The couple went to look for their youngest child and came across him, cradled in a tree that had fallen during the tornado. As Moore shared, I thought he was dead. I was pretty sure he was, and we weren't going to find him. But here he is, and that's by the grace of God. More sister Caitlin explained more details about her tiny nephew's incredible survival story, saying, we are told that he looked like he was placed on the tree just gently, like an angel guided him safely to that spot. And he was wow. mainly unharmed. This little baby swept away, did have a cut on his ear that doctors were able to repair and no worse for the wear. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. is Catholic Friendship Group Christmas Potluck and Game Night at St. Brigida's Catholic Church in Portland. The Catholic Friendship Group is for single Catholics ages 40 to 60 who are looking to grow in faith and fellowship. Gatherings are held every other week and include prayer, a talk on prepared theme, and a social. To learn more and for future topics, visit catholicfriendshipgroup.com. And you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, if it's Tuesday, it must be time for a homily highlight. And we'll go down to the cathedral to hear from Monsignor Gerard O'Connor and Gadete Sunday. You know this is going to be filled mm-hmm. with joy, and you'll be joyful at the weather forecast, taking a turn for the better tomorrow. Details on that just ahead at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665.
Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Matraday Radio wants to put your family in the middle of all the fun at the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights. Make plans now to be a part of the largest Christmas choral festival in the world with captivating performances from the Pacific Northwest's finest choirs. There's also continuous entertainment in the Grotto's Plaza with outdoor caroling, puppet shows, holiday shopping in the Grotto gift shop, and of course, more than two million dazzling lights. Stay on top of all of the Christmas Festival of Lights activities with the Morning Blend on Matraday Radio. Each day will keep you updated on the latest event developments, including behind-the-scenes interviews, the nightly choir schedule, and chances to win tickets for your family to join in all the excitement. Don't miss the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights now through December 30th, and keep up with all the fun on Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 812 and Monterey Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. And weather, well, wet this morning, but that's going to change. We'll dry out through the day, reaching a high this afternoon of 49. Fog rolling in tonight and the low 41, but tomorrow, sunny, high near 50. Going to be a right. beautiful day. Currently 45 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Battleground. And it's warmed up to 47 at St. Mary's in Albany. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And today's homily highlight from our good friend, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, the rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. Today we celebrate the third Sunday of Advent, which is called Gaudete Sunday. It is um, called Gaudete. In the old, before the, the reformers of the Second Vatican Council, all the mass was in Latin, of course, and the entrance antiphon was called the introit, which means he enters, meaning the priest. And um, uh, the Latin, the first word of that referred to the mass. So people could say gaudete or rorate or something, and you would know what mass they were talking about by that first word in Latin. Obviously now um, we don't use the Latin, but our official missal is still in Latin. We use an English translation, of course. but. It means rejoice, and it's still today's antiphon, rejoice in the Lord, always. It comes from St. Paul. And so on this Sunday, we have a little break or a glimpse of the glory of Christmas coming in this penitential season of Advent. Hence, we light the rose candle and the ministers wear the rose vestments. It's meant to be, to give us a glimpse of, you know, that glory of the white and gold of Christmas in the violet of the penitential season. So this is Gaudete Sunday. But I am going to preach, continue the third, seri- third in the homily series on the Eucharist, which the Archbishop has asked us to preach during these four weeks of Advent. First week we talked about the prefigurement of the Eucharist in the Old Testament, the institution of the Eucharist in the New Testament, and specifically the Bread of Life Discourse in John chapter 6. Last week we looked at more doctrinal things from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, things like transubstantiation and concomitance. And today we want to look at some of the effects of the Holy Eucharist on God's holy people. 
But first of all, I just want to say this, which sort of struck me this week, which I've been talking to all the people in the OCIA program. OCIA is the Order of Christian Initiation of Adults. And these are people that want to enter into full communion with the church. Some have been baptized in other faith denominations. Some have been, had no, no faith whatsoever, brought up irreligiously, if you like. And um, some were baptized Catholics, but uncatechized, i.e. they didn't do anything else. So it's a whole uh, beautiful mixture of people that want to come into full communion with the church. So I've been talking to people that were formerly Jehovah's Witnesses, which I must admit, I didn't know too much about Jehovah's Witnesses, apart from, you know, they couldn't have blood transfusions and things like this, and they didn't celebrate Christmas and Easter, which is unusual for a Christian religion, right, not to celebrate Christian and Easter. Um, but then uh, people that come from mainstream sort of conservative evangelical churches here in, uh, in the States as well. And so I've been talking to all sorts of people, getting a view on what they believe or what their, their faith denomination believes. And one thing that struck me, sort of after, I don't know, it came to me yesterday afternoon, it just sort of bashed me in the face. I think the massive difference here between us Catholics and more or less everybody else, take the Orthodox out of this story, but us Catholics and everybody else say, is the Holy Eucharist. It is the Eucharist, it's no, you know, I've been going on about this for the last three weeks. It's the central mystery of our faith. It's the source and summit of the Christian life, right? And when you look at the practices of, say, evangelicals in the States, they come together, they may have mega churches and they may have much more entertaining liturgy than we do. In fact, in the press recently, there's one of the uh, evangelical mega churches with this Christmas show that is like uh, Cirque du Soleil or something like this, like a Las Vegas show, and they've got a lot of criticism for it, right? They've got people dressed as angels on trapeze coming down from this, you know, all this sort of stuff. Very entertaining. But no sacraments. Nothing you can hang your hat on, let alone your soul, right? God's grace is not present in anything but the word of God when you go to these places. You might be entertained. And the same with sort of like Jehovah's Witnesses or anybody else. This is what we don't get. It's like the, this is why we come here. This is why our liturgy is different. This is we have sacred music. This is why we have incense and we have ministers at the altar because that is what's important here. Not my brilliant preaching or the trapeze artist that we're going to get out later on, so stay. Um, all this stuff. No, it's, that's not why we're here. It's here. It's the Eucharist. And that just struck me this week. It's like, because it's not anywhere else. And you know the mega churches come and go, and they, they live on their popularity one year, and then the pastor moves on, and they lose it, and they close down, and, you know, the Vietnamese community buys their church and things like this sort of stuff. But... It is the Eucharist, the source and sum of the Christian life, the central mystery of us as Catholics. And it's funny because I said this at the last Mass and a family came up to me afterwards and, she's, and they said, absolutely nailed it. They said, we were Seventh-day Adventists. And when we started trying to understand about the Eucharist, that's when we left and we entered the Catholic Church. And that's it. You know, anyway, so I want to talk a little bit about the, the effects of Holy Communion. Of course, when we receive Holy Communion, the principal fruit of receiving the Holy Eucharist is an intimate union with Christ himself. We eat the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. Imagine what that does to our souls. 
And we cannot see this. And I said last week, St. Thomas says it so well. Don't even think about doing any of this with your senses. You can't do it. Eyes or taste or smell will not do you any good. It is by faith that we understand the Eucharist. And likewise, it is by, through faith that we understand the effects of the Eucharist on our souls, in our life of grace. When we receive Christ, we come into this uh, amazing union with him that is not like anything else. It is not even like the indwelling of the Trinity in our souls. It is uniquely eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And he says to us in John, the bread of life discourse, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. This is our nourishment for eternal life. That's the first fruit of the Holy Eucharist, is this union with Christ, the participation in divinity, just as he participates in our humanity. The second fruit is the unity of the mystical body. The Eucharist makes the church and those who receive the Eucharist are united with the mystical body. That is all of us, and not just all of us here today, but all of us throughout the world, all those who are baptized into the body of Christ, the church, all those who live that life, and we're in communion with them. And that's an amazing thing to think of. We're in communion with our Holy Father, the Pope. From the Pope down to the newest baptized baby that will happen here, at 12 after this mass there'll be baptism all those people we are in communion with them and christ because the bride and the bridegroom go together the bridegroom and his mystical body the church it's an amazing thing to think about that communion of persons that we have in uh, receiving holy communion and then of course one of the fruits of the holy eucharist is that we do good hopefully you know uh, Christ, we're told in St. Mark's Gospel, went around doing good. Likewise, if we're in communion with Christ, if we're united to Christ, in union with him in an intimate way, we want to go around and do good. The Eucharist motivates us to be good people, because if we're like Christ, we want to be truthful, we want to be good, we want to be pure, we want to be just, etc., etc. We want to be like Christ. And all those things, make us want to do good outside in the world and by receiving holy communion that union with christ uh, should motivate us to be good to our community and i think that's very important you know the church says in the second vatican council documents all the apostolates all the ministries all the works all the charitable deeds of the church flow from the eucharist and come back of course to the eucharist that's why the centrality of it in our lives as catholics is amazing. And when you look at other religions, how can you compare? I mean, that's why if you get it, you get it, right? That's why if you get it, you become Catholic. It's not a matter of, it's just your taste and my taste. It's just a case of, we agree to disagree. You believe whatever you like, we'll believe whatever you like. My religion is a little easier, yours is a bit more, you know, whatever. It's not that, forget that. Ask yourself the question, does Christ exist at the consecration, body, blood, soul, and the vincent in the Eucharist, or does he not? And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Let's go to a mega church with trapeze artists and things instead. But if he does, then come here without any music, without any ceremony, without any fuss, just to understand what happens at the sacrifice of the mass. And here's the other thing that sort of hit me as well. We've believed this from the beginning. 
It wasn't until the Protestant Reformation that we stopped believing this. Some people stopped believing. This is always what Christians have believed. It's not like, you know, we made it up like the Jehovah's Witness in 1870. This is what Christians always believed. This is what they always practiced. Go back, read the documents of the first century about what the Christians were doing. Read the Didache about how it describes the mass in the first century. It's amazing. But 16th century, people started not believing. And now a lot of people not believe. And the worst scandal of Christian disunity is that we have all these Christian brothers and sisters in the evangelical church that do not have the sacraments. They do not live with the grace of the sacraments that we do. And that's a sort of scandal. Finally, the effect of the Eucharist. The Eucharist is a unity of us Catholics. It brings us all together. You know, St. Augustine says this, O sacrament of devotion, O sign of unity, O bond of charity. He sort of puts it all together. The devotion that is owed to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. It is a sign of our unity that we are unified in Christ. He is the bridegroom. We are the bride. He's the bridegroom. The church is the bride, the mystical body, and we're all together. And it is a bond of charity. And the bond of charity is not just with us who are here, not just us who are part of the mystical body of Christ, but everybody in the world, all those out there. We are called to do good, and it's through the Eucharist that we can do that good to the world. And that is today's homily highlight from Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, rector at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. When Santa Claus wanted a new sleigh for his Christmas deliveries, he was hoping to give his old sleigh to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Unfortunately, we cannot accept reindeer. But if you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you are no longer using, we'd like to hear from you. Donating a vehicle to support great Catholic programs is quick and easy and a likely tax deduction. More information is on the web at materdayradio.com. And if you have any reindeer, you may want to get a hold of Santa. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio. The station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 826 at Mater Dei Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat and Pope Francis is making saints. We'll tell you more about that just ahead. And a priest is present at the deaconate ordination of his son. Huh? I'll tell you about how that works <laughs> okay. too. Here is Marie Miller. You're not alone. And we are the morning blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. I want 
Radio. You're not alone. You're with us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That's Marie Miller. It's 830. The Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith issued a declaration on Monday titled Fuditia Supplicans, which opened the door for priests to pastorally bless same-sex couples. However, the declaration also makes clear that such blessings cannot be performed in a way to resemble marriage and conveyed a distinction between a pastoral blessing and a sacramental blessing. The document states that the church cannot permit a liturgical blessing for same-sex couples because it would offer a form of moral legitimacy to a union that presumes to be a marriage or to an extramarital sexual practice. Archbishop Sample in Portland issued a statement regarding the declaration saying, with today's statement in the news about the blessing of same-sex unions, many news outlets are reporting in error that it constitutes a major doctrinal shift in the church. This is not the case. His statement goes on to read, within the Archdiocese of Portland, there is to be no change at all in any practices with regard to blessings for persons who struggle with same-sex attraction until I have had time to study and pray about this news. Over 200 Alaska Airlines flight attendants are picketing outside of Portland International Airport this morning. It's not expected to delay or impact any passenger travel, the Port of Portland said. The protesters are on the upper roadway outside the departure zone and within a sectioned area within the ticket lobby. The flight attendants, represented by the Association of Flight Attendants, CWA, have held pickets at the airports throughout the year in their fight for a new union contract seeking better pay. Today's demonstration will include hundreds of Alaska Airlines flight attendants protesting nationwide outside seven airports, including Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, Anchorage, and Washington, D.C. The program tasked with replacing the Centrioles Interstate 5 bridge that connects Portland, Oregon with Southwest Washington and serves as a vital transportation and commerce link is set to receive $600 million in federal funds. The bridge crosses the Columbia River and key component of I-5, which spans the entirety of the West Coast. Traffic congestion is frequent. Tell me about it. With more than 130,000 vehicles driving across it every day. The $600 million, though, will only cover about 8 to 12 percent of the total estimated bridge replacement costs, which could reach $7.5 billion. Pope Francis has advanced eight sainthood causes, including the cause of St. Gianna Beretta Mola's brother, Capuchin father Alberto Beretta, who died three years before St. Paul, John Paul II canonized his sister, St. Gianna Mola. Father Beretta, who died in 2001, was a physician like both St. Gianna and their only surviving sibling, Sister Virginia Beretta. He was a missionary in Brazil for 20 years until partial paralysis from a stroke led the Capuchins to bring him back to Italy. Pope Francis signed a decree recognizing that Father Beretta lived the Christian virtues in a heroic way. A miracle attributed to his intercession would be needed next for his beatification. At one of this All Saints fairs that we went to uh, when the kids were little, Alyssa, our oldest daughter, she went as uh, 
Gianna Mola. She went as a pediatrician with a long white coat and a stethoscope. And uh, that was the same time where my daughter Ashton was really mad because Alyssa went as a doctor. Amanda went as Indian because she was St. Kateri Tekawitha. And she had to dress up as Elizabeth Seton in a black dress and a long black hat. (laughs) She was not happy with me at all. Well, Google has agreed to pay $700 million and will make changes to its app store. It has registered for years in order to resolve an antitrust lawsuit brought by the state attorneys general, the company announced on Monday. As part of the deal, Google said it would now allow app developers to charge consumers directly instead of being billed through Google, where the company can take up to a 30% cut. The tech giant said it will also simplify the process of making apps available for download outside of its own app marketplace known as Google Play Store. These changes to Google's App Store are significant considering that app developers, policymakers, and others have long pushed for Google to loosen its grip over how apps are downloaded and paid for on Android devices. But only now, as legal and regulatory pressures coalesce around the App Store, is Google making major consents. While states announced a settlement with Google back in September, the deal was unknown until the company publicly revealed the terms of the agreement on Monday. On Thursday, the Portland Trailblazers entered into an eight-game homestand. Eight of their next nine games were to be at home. Three games in, Brenda, not a win yet. What? They hope to get one tonight, <laughs> though, in this current homestand. They host the Phoenix Suns at the Moda Center. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock. And last night in Seattle, did what you see it? Wow, incredible. Drew Locke found out just before the game that he was going to be the starter. Geno Smith was going to sit, and he led the, the Seahawks on a 92-yard, 10-play drive at the end of the game to upset the Eagles 20-7. to it was a thing of beauty. The Seahawks now have even their record back to 7-7. Seven and seven. They're one of five teams with that record in the NFC, and only two wild card slots remain. So they're still in it, though. If they had a loss last night, it probably would have been over. But they, they got it. Drew Locke brought them back. All right. And now how many more games do we have in regular season? Three more left. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll be watching. On November 15th of this year, Adriano Mueller, who's 63 years old, was ordained a permanent deacon during a mass held at the Diocesan Cathedral in Brazil. For more than 16 years, Adriano has served as an extraordinary minister of the Holy Eucharist at his parish nearby. That's not the only interesting part of this story. The new deacon, well, he's the son of a priest. Hmm? Adriano is the son of a father, Paulo Mueller, who's 87 years old, became a priest years after his wife died in 1988. The couple had four children, and his wife's death had a profound impact on the family. Years later, Paulo gave his children another piece of news. He was going to become a priest in the Catholic Church. For me, Adriano said, it was the greatest thing to have a father who is a priest. Now it's his son's turn to follow in his father's footsteps and make his heart overflow with joy and pride. I'm very happy about this event, about my son following the path of the Lord. May he remain firm in his purpose and achieve what his heart is directing in the name of the Lord, said Father Paulo. Now, Adriano's ordination was scheduled for 2024, but was brought forward because of his father's health problems. 
Many blessings to you, Deacon and Father. You must be very, very excited this morning. Awesome. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. So mark on your calendars another opportunity to pray on December 27th at 1230 is a rosary for the faithful departed at Gethsemane Chapel in Happy Valley. Join Deacon Dave Ham to pray a rosary and litany of the faithful departed for your loved ones. Well, then Deacon David, he gets in his car and he heads up north because at 2.30, he prays the rosary for the faithful departed at Mount Calvary Mausoleum and Chapel. So what a beautiful way to pray. Again, that's coming up on December 27th. And you can find more details on these and many other events on the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, you know, this afternoon, we have got the uh, weekly roundup mm-hmm. going out. Our email going out to close to 4,000 people, I believe, and we want to be sending one to you. What's going to be in it? We'll check in with our digital disciple. Sarah Kinsey joins us for this Tech Tuesday next after we check the very vastly improved weather forecast at Matre Radio. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Some hotels will offer you free amenities when you check in, but it's likely that only the Leo House in New York City has rosaries available at the front desk. That's because the Leo House has been run by an order of nuns since it opened in 1889. As reported in New York's Daily News, The 81-room structure offers an affordable alternative to Manhattan's eye-popping hotel tabs. And though the building includes a chapel and stained-glass windows, people of any religion are welcomed. Sister Marilyn Ellickson, one of the few nuns who still live at the Leo House, says, There's a certain ambiance and the sisters put it here. They created the whole kit and caboodle. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Modern Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through AllSource Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications. Connecting Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Matre Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Matre Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Matre Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at matredayradio.com. 
Mater Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. Well, I know you probably won't believe it, but the weather is going to get a lot better. We just have to get through this morning. <laughs> you keep saying that, but I, it, it's I, looking a little blustery. Hold, hold me to it. Let's okay. just see. Rain to this morning, then that's going to give way to some some drier weather this afternoon. Fog will roll in tonight, so you're probably going to think it's an pad. It's getting worse. But tomorrow, sunny with a high of 50 degrees. Okay. This afternoon's high about 49, low tonight only 41. But tomorrow, sunshine, I promise you, Brenda, it's my, it's you my, it's not my advent make gift to you. You should not make promises <laughs> like that. Currently, it is 44 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And it is 46 degrees at St. Patrick Catholic Church in downtown Portland. And it is a Tech Tuesday with Sarah Kenzie, yeah, our is. digital disciple. I love that name, Pat, you came up with. That is Sarah is a digital disciple. She really is. Even on my own feeds. On Facebook, I see it. On Instagram and in my email, I'm getting messages from Mater Day Radio. They brighten my day. And then sometimes I'll even notice about when I look at different things on media platforms, friends that I know will like the different things oh, coming from great. Monster Dave. They put the little check mark or the happy face or smile or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's a Tech Tuesday, though. Sarah's joining us today to let us know what's coming to your inbox today. Good morning, Sarah. How blustery is it out there? Pat says it's going to get better, but it looks pretty dark out there right now. Well, good morning. I, you know, I didn't mind it too much. I, 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 I have a short walk to my car. I, I don't know. I kind of liked the rain last night. I, it was, it's kind of that comforting feeling i don't know that let's call cozy it, it inside really yeah. yeah i don't know i mean i think if we'd had a week of rain i'd probably feel very differently but we hadn't had rain in like a week or two and i was just oh, this isn't this isn't so bad so sorry Brenda. you're outnumbered <laughs> okay I, but but i i'm with you i do i do hope it clears up i i like rain for a little bit okay well it seems like that's what we have been getting though those these storms that blow in and then We'll get a few days of nice weather, and then the storm blows in. As nice as weather can be, I suppose, for December uh, in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, winter starts Thursday. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, and, we're and still we're gonna, fall. Yeah, so. so. All right, so we'll see uh, what happens. What we do know for sure is that an email is coming this afternoon from Mater Day Radio. Sarah joining us today to celebrate, or excuse me, not to celebrate, to let our listeners know in a very happy way what's coming to your <laughs> inbox. How's that? That sounds like a celebration. The first interview, that's great. Now, we are in this very special time leading up to Christmas, the O Antiphons. And Brother Ambrose joined us with an incredible interview talking about them. This is first on the list for today's email. Yes, so I, this was a great interview uh, from the Morning Blend with Brother Ambrose from Mount Angel Abbey. And uh, he was talking about the O Antiphons. And I just really loved, you know, learning more about them. Uh, the, you know, there's a lot I that I don't know um, about the O antiphons that uh, you know I was learning through this interview, and um, also just kind of uh, Brother Ambrose really talking about um, kind of the this the perspective of the O antiphons and how that really helps him you know long for for Christ, long for heaven, long for you know the eternal, and and I just thought that was a really great way that really made these O antiphons more relatable to me and you know what what I'm going through and and so you know you all of you listening you might hear about the O antiphons um but maybe like not sure where it came from or, or why why we should really care about these um so I would recommend you go listen to this uh wonderful interview uh from brother Ambrose and um I gotta also say the the Mount Angel Abbey they share on their social media every day uh, just a little a little snippet of each 
uh, each O antiphon, but it's it's a calligraphy, I believe. And so it's just this beautiful, I don't know, this little beautiful reminder every day that I thought tied really nicely with with what Brother Ambrose was talking about. And you can pray it on the app, too, because yes. we've got that wonderful live stream from the chapel there at, uh, at Mount Angel. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, you can follow along with the live stream from Mount Angel Abbey. Um, I also wanted to mention, too, on the app, uh, we have an O antiphon novena going on right now. Yeah. And so I wanted to remind everyone about that if if you know you haven't started yet you can just jump in right now um but we have uh the seven days of the o antiphons but then we also added a this novena adds a day at the beginning and a day at the end to make it a full nine days um but you can sign up right on the app it's under our advent prayers we also have a novena to the infant jesus which is on the same timeline so they're all going on right now and they're going to end on christmas eve um so just go ahead and jump in right now it's just a beautiful way to really be intentional with this last week, you know, and, and I, I think I really appreciate that the church kind of focuses us, you know, through these mm-hmm. O antiphons and through other things, but through in this last week, because, you know, it's just been such a crazy season. I think mm-hmm. it's been busy. And I, I think I, I personally needed that little reminder, like, okay, we're going to, we're going to focus now and really try to um, hone in on, on those uh, beautiful devotions. Those O antiphons began on the 17th. We've been reading them. In fact, today right. for December 19th, the O antiphon is O root of Jesse's stem, sign of God's love for all all his people come to save us without delay. You can even hear the urgency of the people praying these. Please come. We are so ready for that. Well, what you are going to get today to help you during this time to slow down is a great email from Mater Day Radio. Another way that we have been celebrating this season, a beautiful opera, Cecilia Pat. This we first aired this last Friday for the feast of no, was it last? No, two Fridays ago. Feast of the Immaculate Conception, then it was airing again the following Tuesday. When are we airing that again? So we're going to air that as part of our Christmas programming that we have coming up. And we have a wide variety of Christmas programs for you that start Christmas Eve, go all the way through Christmas Day. And then we'll air that again the night of January 1st because it's also a feast day for Our Lady. And very nice, Taylor Gonzaga uh, and her group at Opera Cecilia made this recording at the Chapel of Mary at the Grotto. They Chris and and the crew let them in early, and they recorded it over the course of an afternoon. And it's just beautiful Spanish hymns, all dedicated to Our Lady, and uh, then the uh, Mozart piece there at the end. It is so uplifting. Your soul will soar listening to this. Uh, it's a great way to get ready for. Christmas, but also celebrate Our Lady. I mean, she's right in the middle of all of this, right? Oh, for sure. So uh, that interview was also included. You always include one of the great interviews there. Sarah, is there a way for people, if they miss the live broadcast of Opera Cecilia, will they still be able to hear that? Yes. uh, So you can go uh, right now on our app. It's under the Advent Resources, but we will uh, when we switch over to the Christmas resources on the app, uh, we'll include that there as well. Um, so just go to one of those places. It's also on our website. If you go to Advent Resource, Re- Advent Resources or later Christmas Resources, I also put it in the uh, uh, thank you end of the year message with our Marian calendar, which pairs very well with with uh, you know a concert dedicated to Our Lady. <laughs> so it's in multiple places on our website as well. And um, yeah, I got to tell you, that was that's a beautiful concert. I was listening to it as I was driving across town, stuck in traffic. 
um, to play music for a Immaculate Conception Mass, and I, I, I you know, switched on the radio, and I, I knew it was going to be on, but I kind of forgot, and I turned it on. I was like, oh, oh, yes, that's right. This is beautiful, and um, and then I had to listen to the rest of it later, but I could just go on our app and listen to it. So I uh, really encourage you to listen to this. It's just, it's just beautiful, and I also. Um, have included a link with that to that interview that you did, Pat, with Taylor, um, which I thought was really wonderful and, and really highlighted, you know, why she started this ministry and, um, and, you know, her love for opera, but also for her Catholic faith. And mm-hmm. I just learned a lot from that interview and I learned more about each piece, which was really cool. And so uh, I encourage you, encourage you to go listen to that. Sarah, many people were commenting after the Healing of Families uh, conference that we had that Archbishop Sample was there present and just really prayed and thanked everybody there for the spiritual fatherhood that he has. And he talks more about Christmas unity in his episode on Voice of the Shepherd. That's one of our, that is probably the most popular show that is downloaded on our app and on uh, our webpage, Voice of the Shepherd. Yes, this was a wonderful episode. Uh, Archbishop Sample uh, was really talking about all the wonderful traditions, um, you know, in our various cultural groups um, here in the Archdiocese of Portland, which is a beautiful reflection and just an invitation for people to to learn more about those and participate in those. Um, But also, I I really appreciated... um, his uh, discussion and invitation um, to families of, of really praying and, and inviting, um, you know, their, their children to, to pray with them. And I just thought it was a, a good reflection also for families and in, in this specific episode and just a really great way to kind of lead up uh, to Christmas Day. So go listen to this episode as well. All right. Well, Sarah, thanks so much. Another great, great email from Mozart Day Radio. Thank you for all you do in that app. Boy, it is up to date and running great. So thank you also very much for that. If you are not receiving the email from Mater Day Radio, well, you should be. Please go to Mater Day Radio. You can see how to sign up to get those weekly emails. You can also find out about it on the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join Monterey Day Radio and Father Matt Libra from St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon, in praying the St. Andrew Christmas Novena. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem, in the piercing cold, in that hour Vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and of his blessed Mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This novena is traditionally prayed 15 times a day, starting on St. Andrew's Feast Day, November 30th, until Christmas Eve. For more information and to find more of your favorite Catholic prayers, please download the free Hail Mary Media app onto your smartphone. 
Jabron Zogby's State Farm Agency in Hillsborough is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle, offering coverage in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho with personal service, claims, and 24-7 assistance. Jabron's team will take the time to understand your situation and choose coverages just for you. Reach Jabron's office at gnzinsurance.com or 503-649-9514. Jabron Zogby's State Farm Agency in Hillsborough at gnzinsurance.com. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Last check of weather this morning. Got this rain going to dry out this afternoon. And fog rolls in tonight. High 49. Chance of rain 90%. Low tonight 41. Tomorrow though, sunny with a high near 50. Right now it's 46 here in Stumptown. And closing out our show today here is I Am They. From the day. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. When you found me, I was so blind. My sin was before me, I was swallowed by pride. But out of the darkness you brought me to your light You showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes From the day you saved my soul
Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. I am they and come the day. Boy, that's hard to say. <laughs> or you can say from the day. I'm rhyming. How about that? Poet didn't even know it. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I love it. Joy. That's what our Catholic faith brings us for sure. And Brenda, so, six days till Christmas. Of course it's joy. Uh, I am I am ready. I'm ready to just Don't rush it. Nope. Just Enjoy the rest of this week. Be with the family and heal my little wounded finger that I have from burning it last night. Poor thing. I know. We'll pray for your healing. I'll pray for healing. That's it. (laughs) That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. It is Tuesday. That means Voice of the Shepherd coming on this evening. You can also catch the podcast a little earlier in the day on the Hail Mary media app. We hope you have a very blessed day. You're a trooper, Brenda.